absolutely, but I'm talking about I like know. aliens. I know. You know, it just like Hello, welcome to the After Spark Podcast, an episode by episode recap of the Generation One Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Specs. And today we're gonna to be talking about episode number 17, Autobot Spike. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Mm-hmm. Also, a note for um I guess season two onwards, uh, we are going to go by the order that's on my DVD set, because that's the set we're using when we're scripting. Uh, it Technically, it seems like it's the um, the air date order, versus if you go on the TF Wiki, it's like by episode... It varies. The page I was looking on for uh, when I was doing the reordering on the fanfic rec document, it has like episode number... Or air date number, and then, like, actual order number on the other side. Yeah, it was, like, like the Whoa. episode internal number for the studio or for the writing staff or something. I'm not really sure I understand it. But basically, if you go on TF Wiki, or at least the page we had initially used to, like, make our spreadsheet for things, it uses that number instead of the air date. And I think the DVDs are using the air date. So that's what we're going to go off of, just so we don't have to try to keep track of it as much. So, yeah, some of these may not be in chronological order, I guess? Uh, so if you're like, hey, why'd you do this episode instead of this episode? That's probably why we will still get to all of them, though. <laughs> yes, we will. They'll just... Weird order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to pick something, and this is what we picked. Anyway, welcome to Season 2 of The Transformers, complete with a brand new opening, teasing us with brand new characters. <laughs> and by characters, we mean toys. <laughs> yes, yes, new toys to add to your burgeoning army. <laughs> Today, at the Autobot base, Sparkplug is playing God. The Autobots are just fine with this. Apparently, they don't have um, moral or ethical quandaries with this. I mean, considering that, um... The Jack and, Yeah, I was gonna say, Mealjack and Ratchet just decided to create new life. Uh, no problem. Uh, I guess, yeah, they must not be worried about a God complex. I guess. Uh, Sparkplug's new creation is called Autobot X. Unfortunately, he's definitely not a looker. Autobot X is a literal Frankenstein's monster uh, made out of a hodgepodge of spare Autobot parts. He's even got bolts on his helmet where his neck should be. It's, um, yeah. He's, like, I want to say he didn't have much of a neck, which is why we, we phrased it that way, but yes. Uh, Spike even calls it a Frankenstein's monster, which confuses poor Bumblebee, but Spike doesn't want to take the time to explain the human pop culture reference to his giant alien robot friend. This is fine. Honestly, he could just direct him to the library. Or put on a movie. Yeah. <laughs> we know a movie exists in this world. Yeah, as we will um, see later. <laughs> Autobot X is an amalgam of Prowl, Blue Streak, Sunstreaker, Optimus Prime, Trailbreaker, Jazz, and Hound parts. It's apparently got Jazz's crotch, uh, to which all we can say is he's got a party in his pants. Yes, literally, especially if he can do that speaker doohickey, if he's got those speaker doohickeys somewhere. <laughs> Weirdly enough, he seems to have a mostly unique face uh, helm uh, that kind of reminds me of Ultra Magnus, which is hilarious because Ultra Magnus doesn't even exist in the series yet. Yeah. <laughs> Spark, well, actually, presumably they know about him and they just decided to make his face look like him. Okay, but if I mean, in uni I mean, in universe, not the... 
Oh, no, 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 you're right. Sparkplug's the one that made him. And so Ultra Magnus, if he, it does exist, which presumably he does, yeah. he's on Cybertron and yes, Sparkplug would have never met him. Yes, the Autobots didn't have any, like, contribution to the... The design. <laughs> Unless they just had, like, a face that looked like Ultra Magnus is lying around, which would be weird. <laughs> That's so weird. Let's move on now, shall we? Sparkplug is gunning for Wheeljack's job. As resident mad scientist. Wheeljack seems vaguely insulted by this, as he should be. Mm-hmm. Surprising no one, Autobot X begins rampaging around the room, destroying things. And Sparkplug can't control it. I'm not sure why they expect it any differently, considering what happened with the Dinobots, but... Mm. This proves that Sparkplug may be at Wheeljack's level, but he certainly hasn't surpassed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, on the list of powers this abomination has, we have Super Strength, Force Lightning, as it combats the Autobots' attempts to subdue it. Autobot X is knocked out, and Sparkplug laments that it needs to be perfected. <sighs> Sparkplug. <laughs> Everyone here makes terrible decisions. They do. They do. Wheeljack and Ratchet offer to help, with Wheeljack wanting to shove Autobots' consciousnesses into Autobot X while their bodies are being repaired. Just put them into stasis! It's easier! I'm not sure why their minds somehow, um, interfere with the repair process, but that's the logic we're going with. Apparently, and Optimus is totally okay with this horrifying idea. Clearly he hasn't put a whole lot of thought into it. Like, it cannot be an easy process to swap bodies around. Like, otherwise people, I think, would do- or, uh, robots would do it more often in this series. Well, we do see the Combaticons, like, as- little cube thingies that Starscream steals from Robot Prison later. Yeah, but that's but... Uh, You're right, but still. <laughs> it's, it's very different. That's their personality components or yeah. whatever. Alright. So, at this point in time, Teletram 1 goes off, alerting the Autobots to the presence of Decepticons. And as the Autobots roll out, we must remember that this is the start of a new season, so let's have another toy roll call. Except, I think... These are, I don't think any of these characters are new. I don't think they are, but they're reminding the kids who have come back, you know, presumably after however long since the new season got, you know. Uh, last season ended or last whatever. Last season ended, yeah, that's the right way to put it. <laughs> the Decepticons are apparently attacking the new Air Force rocket base. And then trained army men try to shoot the cons with teeny, teeny, tiny handguns. It's silly. It's very silly. And then Megatron fires a warning shot that doesn't actually hit any of the humans. Though, I must say, I don't think I saw any cannons in this particular No, no, place. this one actually looked like, you know, it was maybe up to date with 80s weaponry. Yeah. Those were some really big rockets. Yeah. The Autobots proceed to show up. With Starscream wordlessly pointing as they approach. <laughs> and then a fight breaks out. As one is prone to do in this particular series. Uh, and to, uh, get back on my high horse, Fucky Braun, uh, he kicks Soundwave into a giant rocket here, which then proceeds to knock down a bunch of other rockets. It's like dominoes. Dominoes, but with rockets. (laughs) Instigated by a robot getting kicked into them. Yes. That was poor Soundwave. And the Autobots were specifically trying to avoid all of this damage happening, which makes it more infinitely hilarious that it actually happens. Braun clearly didn't get the memo. Yeah. <laughs> the fighting continues with Thundercracker and Skywarp destroying the other rockets in the base. Bumblebee and Spike arrive on scene. There will be regrets. <laughs> Just regrets? 
Megatron and Soundwave take off, with Megatron turning into his gun mode and Soundwave firing him at Bumblebee as a diversion. And then Optimus gasps, THEY HIT SPIKE! No, they didn't! They didn't even hit Bumblebee! They hit in front of Bumblebee, and then he just kind of fell over on his side! I'm not saying Spike would be unaffected, but I certainly don't think this should be life-threatening! Yes, but this is like a... a bug made out of a giant alien robot that presumably doesn't have fucking airbags. And there is no restraining harness, no seatbelt. It wasn't even going that fast, though, and it was like kind of this slow tip over. It just, it didn't look like, just didn't look like it should have done that much. It probably didn't do much to Bumblebee, but that doesn't mean that Spike didn't hit his head in an unfortunate manner. I still don't feel like it should have. I think it's dumb, but they went with what they went with, and we can't really argue with it. Uh... At least I don't think we can. Don't watch me. <laughs> oh, okay, yes, we can. <laughs> Megatron is very happy at the possibility of having killed a 14-year-old boy. Ironhide and the others pull out Spike and load him up into Ratchet. You know, moving someone who might have a uh, spinal injury or a head injury. This is fine. They did not take proper precautions, and Spike is apparently in critical condition, so probably the Autobots hurt him more than... The fall did. Quite possibly. And then we cut to a doctor talking to Sparkplug and who says, if only we could separate Spike's mind from his body. It's called a medically induced coma, you ass. <laughs> and then Sparkplug says, oh, hey, wait. All right. I buy that we can move a robot's mind around because machines and electricity or whatever, but why on earth can this be possible with a human mind in this series? I don't know, but it sure set up some stuff that fanfic writers use. Boy, did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as if we need more Frankenstein shenanigans in this episode, back at the Ark, the Autobots prepare to transfer Spike's mind into Autobot X. Ratchet says that Spike's mind not being in his body will allow the doctors to operate. And, I mean, how does this help with anything? I don't see how it possibly could. Well, I really I mean, don't. Unless it's some sort of brain surgery. I could maybe kind of see that. Maybe, maybe. Even then that seems unlikely, though. Yeah, I don't... I don't know. I'm spitballing here. <laughs> Is there a doctor in the house? No, no, we've just got a bunch of mechanics. Surely nothing can possibly go wrong here. <laughs> this stupidity does indeed work. And by work, we mean Spike begins rampaging all over the lab, just like Autobot X. <laughs> He's a very unhappy camber. Anyway, Spike is rampa- Anyway, Spike is rampaging around the lab yelling, "Why? You know, why have I been turned into an abomination?" <sighs> Sunstreaker and Sideswipe come in and try to restrain him, but Spike just eats both of them through the air. That's kind of great. It is kind of great, but I feel bad for Sunstreaker and Sideswipe. They did nothing to deserve this this episode. <laughs> yeah. And then Optimus shoots Spike to stop his rampagey ways. And then Sparkplug is very apologetic for what they've done, saying they did the only thing that they could think of. Which, which... was clearly sneak Spike out of the hospital in the middle of the night, because when Sparkplug told the doctor this was the plan, they must have thought he was nuts. Who the heck knows? <laughs> I think it's... I think the entire plot is dumb, but let's move on from that. Autobot X is super freaking tall. He is at least as tall as Optimus, so that's kind of... It's really big, because Optimus is, like, one of the biggest ones. Yeah. It's like Skyfire, I think, is taller. Skyfire is way bigger, but but out of the, like, kind of normal cast, like, Optimus and Megatron tend to be the biggest. Yeah. Surprise, though! 
He's a good spy. He's a good spy. And Unlike Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't. I apologize for nothing. <laughs> Bumblebee, you do not stand up to transform when you are within sight of the people <laughs> you are spying on. Don't do it. Nevertheless, he totally did it. And then he got brain tentacled for his troubles. Yep, because we need more reminders of that. Anyway, our good Barbary turns and reports to Megatron. And then Megatron decides to see if he can use Spike's instability to destroy the rest of the Autobots. With Starscream living on the edge again, uh, insulting Megatron to his face and getting shoved for his troubles. Back at the Ark, Ratchet is still trying to fix Bumblebee, and Spike has apparently been left under the care of Wheeljack. Which, by left under the care of Wheeljack, that means he got shoved into a room with a TV. And you'll never guess what movie's on. Yep. We're being very on the nose today. Surprise, surprise, it's Frankenstein. And as Igor shouts, You've created a monster! On TV, Spike destroys the television set, which may or may not be part of Teletran 1. Yeah, he then begins to trash the rest of the room, too. That's it. No more TV for you for six months, Spike. <laughs> To add to Autobot X's weird power list, he also has jet feet. Obviously, we gotta make this body that we're just gonna put people in occasionally very, very useful. Uh, let it Spark fly. Plug decided he was gonna cram in the features here, you know. <laughs> he just wanted all the features. He wanted all the features. Ratchet, Wheeljack, Spark Plug, and Bumblebee attempt to calm Spike with little success. Spike smashes his way out of the arc, and we see that Reflector's been left on surveillance on the Decepticon side. You gotta use what you have, and when you have a camera... Yeah. Still better surveillance than Bumblebee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bumblebee follows on the ground, apparently without a working method of communication back to base, as Ratchet has yet to repair his radio transmitter. Reflector's also following Spike, holding position until Megatron arrives. And Spike is just holding an entire darn conversation with himself, basically saying, he's a monster, so no helping humanity for him. I know they keep saying he's unstable, but him being evil here is just kind of weird. <laughs> he's more chaotic neutral than anything, I guess, but I think he's like 99% of his impulse control was split between Bumblebee and being super tiny, and neither of those is currently available to him, so... <laughs> True! <laughs> he's currently as big as Optimus Prime, and Bumblebee's not here quite yet. Uh, Bumblebee does, however, catch up with Spike and warns him that his current body is making it harder for Spike to think, but Spike whacks him off a cliff with a tree. I'm going to amend that and say that most of his impulse control was being tiny and not being able to do dumb shit. I can, I can believe that, although cliff jumper being tiny and doing dumb shit does not seem to be a hindrance. <laughs> yes, but the thing is, Spike is a lot squishier than cliff jumper. True. Megatron shows up with other cons in tow. And Reflector's t posing for dominance here, so, um, take that as you will. <laughs> Spike and the Seekers fire on each other, but Megatron lands and tells them to stop fighting. We uh, get a glance at Meg's apparently trick knee here as the animation error causes some really funky motion with him. Yeah. B is able to climb back up and he attempts stealth. He is literally standing behind Megatron with his head perfectly visible um, from behind some rocks. <laughs> <sighs> then Megatron apparently offers Spike Starscream's job. Or being second only to me. Spike seems to agree as he shakes Megatron's hand and wants to make them pay real bad. <sighs> <laughs> Bumblebee 
Bumblebee escapes back to the Air Force Base, where Optimus and company are currently working. The Autobots arrive to confront Spike, who is wielding Megatron, and fires on them. Weird Autobot X power number four, boob slash headlight cannon laser gun thing. <laughs> Considering that that's Prowl's chest, that tells me more than I expected the cartoon to tell me about Prowl. <laughs> yeah, guys, TMI. TMI! <laughs> I mean, I never see Prowl do that. We never see Prowl do that! Apparently he's just very polite, so... (laughs) It is impolite to shoot things out of your boobs. (laughs) The Seekers enter the fray, and then Ironhide fires oil from his arms I guess we'll just add that to the list of Ironhide Swiss Army Knife abilities. God, Ironhide can do so much. So much shit. (laughs) Sparkplug shows up then and uh, gets shot at, but Spike panics and saves him with... Autobot X power number five! Weird grippy claw thing! <laughs> Which apparently, I think that's supposed to be like Trailbreaker's gun, but I don't... I don't, know. we don't know what this thing is, but he uses it! <laughs> yep. Just like, yeah. Yeah. Megatron attempts to get Spike to defeat the Autobots, but Spike instead fires on the Decepticons. But Spike's slowly, so he's forgiven. <laughs> yeah. Um, at some point, Megatron and the Decepticons just skedaddle. Yeah, they just leave. They're, they're done for the day. This plan did not work. Bye. <laughs> yeah, and so Spike is uh, zapped back into his real body, and the transfer device breaks. And then Bumblebee wonders what it would be like for a robot in a human body. Sadly, when we actually do get this in canon, or in the cartoon, it's kind of boring, and in my opinion, was not the best characters they could have picked for the scenario. Just legitimately, I think the entire thing would have been vastly improved if it had been all cons involved, say, Starscream, Soundwave, and Megatron, yes? (laughs) There is actually, um... A piece of fanfiction by Wayward that is basically that. All the Decepticons get turned into humans. And I'm willing to bet it is better than the episode where fucking R.C., Rodimus, and... uh, Rodimus, Ultramagnus, and Springer Springer do. Because that one... The only good thing in that episode was me deadass looking at the screen and going, Rodimus definitely, definitely had sex with that woman the night before, and she is bringing him breakfast in bed. There is no other explanation for this, and I will say the same damn thing when we go through that episode. (laughs) Regardless, that is it for today. Uh, Join us next time for The Immobilizer, or as I like to call it, Hello, Carly! (laughs) It'll be nice to see Carly. I like Carly, so I'm looking forward to this. Also, we get Wheeljack, because it's one of Wheeljack's inventions, yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. So, Specs, what fanfic do we have for today? Okay, today we have two pieces of fanfic. There technically could be three, but the third one has actually been removed from the internet. And while I could use the Wayback Machine to get you to the uh, author's site... Since they removed it from fanfiction.net, I don't think that's a thing I should do, which makes me sad because I really, really like that one. And, yeah. And I've got, well, I have a copy of it because I saved, I saved the Moby back when it was still on fanfiction.net. Yeah. Um, But since I can't really share it with anyone, I'm not going to include that one, though I might mention the name. Uh, But so I have two that are readily accessible to share um chrysalis by ape 32 it's a g1 cartoon au rated t for teens it's jen 
I've only actually gone through the first three chapters of this one. So if there is um, romance in later chapters, I'm afraid I don't. I haven't reached that part yet. Uh, so not as far as we're aware right now. Yes. <laughs> Apologies if there is later, however. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. So characters, Spike, Sparkplug, various Autobots and Decepticons, and in summary, uh, it's G1, a season two AO. Spike's life is changed forever by a single act of vengeance. Now he must adapt or lose not only his mind and his friends, but his very soul as well. And so uh, the reason for choosing this is that this is an alternate universe continuation of Autobot X, where Megatron makes a very cruel decision. <laughs> I think you can guess what happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so this is an incomplete multi-chapter piece of fanfiction that was last updated in 2008. So it's highly unlikely that it's going to be updated again, but it's actually funny. It sounds like a really interesting premise, though. Like, I'm going to read it, and I normally don't read incomplete stuff unless they're, like, currently ongoing because I'm like, ah, it's never going to be finished. But that that's a really interesting concept. <laughs> Yeah, and let me... It's 15 chapters. Okay, so, you know, still a pretty good read, I think. Yeah, 66,000 words, or thereabouts. Damn. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I'd recommend that so far. And then my second recommendation is Hopeless by Wayward Insecticon. I... It's actually been a while since I've read this, and I'm pretty sure it's Marvel G1, but that's apparently what I put down in my notes. I don't remember. <laughs> but it's definitely G1. Yeah. I think the reason I chose Marvel G1 was because Mind Wipes in there. But I've read it actually several times. It's just been a while. It's rated T for teen. It's Gen. There aren't any pairings. Uh, the characters here, it focuses on original characters, but there's also Mind Wipe and Flywheels, who are... Not particularly well-known Decepticons, though we do know Flywheels from... The IDW comics. Yes, yes. His unfortunate big feet were the only things left of him. <laughs> In summary, Darkstar is a Decepticon who used to be a 17-year-old girl. Now she's trapped on Cybertron with no friends, no idea how to function, and no help but Mindwipe, who was the one who changed her in the first place. And yeah... The theme for this was humans getting turned into robots. And hey! <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and it's a one-shot. So, yeah. I definitely recommend that. And then the third one, which I won't... Which we won't actually be linking to. We will for, not actually link to it. For a variety of reasons. Was The Starting Gate by Korat, which was a G1 cartoon. Uh, one... It was right a T gen, no pairings. The original, the main character was an original character, and in summary, life has a funny way of throwing things at you sometimes that you would never expect. Either you learn to run with it or you don't. It was heavily G one based. It was never completed, and the author took it down. Uh, when did I save this? I think I saved it like a little while before she took it down, or they took it down. I saved this in. 2012. June 29th, 2012. <laughs> well done. Ah, the flag fic, gen the flag fic fan fiction downloader. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, we're not going to link to that, but it basically involved Starscream. Starscream basically was sort of making friends with a human, and then things go very, very bad. <laughs> things go very wrong very fast. Yes. And let's move on to the art. So our recommendation for today is Coralis. Uh, they primarily seem to do IDW, at least from a lot of the stuff I saw, but there might be some variety of things on there. Their colors are gorgeous in everything. Like, oh my god, seriously, some of my favorite colors out of all of the fan artists we've recommended. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a number of Ratchet Drift fan art, but there's also a lot of different art from from various characters from the IDW comics. We linked a few pieces that I really enjoyed. Uh, Their rung one in particular is one of my favorites. I love it too. (laughs) It's really pretty. Uh, So I think we've mentioned this enough, it should be apparent, but... Rung is actually Primus in the IDW comics, and so the piece of art with him is basically him kind of drawn overlaid with more of what Primus probably looked like or, in the past. Well, the general Primus designs yeah. that are considered canon. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's really pretty, and also, like, Rung's expression is really lovely because it's just very kind, mm-hmm. um, which is why I think... I think Partially why I liked Rung so much in the comics is that, like, Primus and a lot of them is, like, either, you know, the the literal center of their planet mm-hmm. or kind of a warrior god. And so yeah. to have it be this very kind, sweet character is one of my favorite things. Who's not a combatant and he just wants to help people. It's very sweet. Uh, we also, we, we did link to some of their Drift Ratchet art, uh, which is very, very cute. And then the last one we linked to was Sunstreaker, who is... One of my favorite G1 characters who I haven't gotten to talk about enough. (laughs) But yeah, uh, we will be linking to their Tumblr. We are actually posting this on AO3 as well, or at least embedding it. So any artists that make money through other avenues with their fan art, we will not be posting links to. I will also not be mentioning it in here since we have to embed this on a site that forbids it. However, if there are links, uh, you can find them on our Tumblr page, like our Tumblr episode notes. Uh, at least as far as linking on AO3, we will be linking to their Tumblr and their, I guess just their Tumblr, because all those other ones make money. They're all, like, stores and stuff, mm. it's like. We will be linking to their Tumblr, and you can also find links on our Tumblr, and you can, you know, find the other places where they are online. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcast, such as AO3, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube, just to name a few. Till next time, I'm Specs. And I'm Els. Doodles. <laughs>